I'm the Nevada running back James Butler, and you're listening to Pack Center. <laughs> The Mountain West. <laughs> Can't believe you actually did this. We did it. Mountain West champions, baby. What a season it has been. Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with sports know-it-all, Garrett Hirschberg. What up? An incredible battle took place at Lawler Event Center Saturday. Another nail-biter in the hunt for first place. Just like the Boise State game, we were down at the half. Three minutes and 40 seconds left in the half. We were down 10 points, but went on an 11-3 run led by Cam Oliver and topped off by a jumper from Josh Hall to cut the lead down to just two. But it wasn't until 15 minutes and 11 seconds left in the game that a successful layup by Cam Oliver tied the game up and the foul by Colorado State's Brandon Koliker gave Cam a free throw to give Nevada its first lead of the game. After that, Space Cam was activated, and he took the whole team with him. Cam was on his teammates tonight for, for, for the first time in a while where he's telling the rest of the guys, you know, hey, we got to step up. You know, he just he, he brings it out. And, and once he's going, like, everybody follows. And, um, you know, he, he really did carry us tonight because, you know, if he doesn't make some of those shots, they, they may go up 14 in the first half, and we might find ourselves in a deeper hole. Um, you know, if he don't get you know, as many rebounds as he does, like, you know, he really carried us tonight. And, yeah, he was very vocal. Cam's performance was out of this world. 29 points, 17 rebounds. He won Mountain West Player of the Week and recorded his 999th career point in two seasons here at Nevada. See, you mentioned the points. Uh, when Cam Oliver went into the press conference, he did not know that he was one point away from a 1,000. And I think that speaks to the guy. He's not someone that keeps a career stats, stats record like I average. In my two years here in Nevada, I'm averaging 18 points, 10 rebounds. Like he just he just goes out and plays basketball. That's all. That's all he. That's all he's doing. He and just hoops. He hoops that, and that's what he made mention in uh, the press conference. That was he handled it very professionally. All I'm all I'm here to do is hoop. Like I want to talk about the the matchups uh, for this game. Last week we talked about Amobo being the real threat, but he wasn't. Ten points, five rebounds. The real guy that we had to watch out for that we didn't expect at all was Gian Clavel. He went 6 of 11 and 33 total points. This guy was on fire. I mean, I've never seen anyone hit threes like this guy. Yeah, and also well, one thing getting back to Omogbo, I, I, I brought this up saying that we'd see a lot of Caroline on Omogbo on defense, but on offense it was Omogbo guarding Oliver. So it's, we were both right. We were both right in the, in the sense like, who Amogbo would be paired up with, but he didn't perform. I mean, he also he also did get in foul trouble fairly early in the first half, so that limited his production. But when Amogbo went down, Clavel stepped up. I remember sitting there like, please don't give the ball to Clavel. Please don't give the ball to Clavel. And every single, it, at least it seemed like every single time he had the ball and he went for the three, he made it. I mean, the, the stats didn't say that, but. It looked like it from the from the uh, crowd. Um, yeah, Clavel Clavel definitely was their shining star for this game. He definitely every time Nevada would in the first half try to make a comeback, Clavel would answer right back and hit a, hit, a, hit a jumper. 
And every time Nevada, in the second half, when Nevada tried to expand its lead, he'd hit another jumper, and it it would reduce the lead. So he was all he was that side uh, thorn in the side of the of the Wolfpack. I mean, he definitely deserves the Player of the Year. As much as I'd want to give it to uh, Marcus Marshall or uh, Cam Oliver, after watching Gian play, I think he deserves it. Uh, senior night. That was a big deal for this game. Um, Marcus Marshall and DJ Fenner, they were um, they were praised at the beginning of the game. They got awards. They got big, the jerseys. The jerseys. They got uh, their family got to come out, and they got to go in front of the whole crowd. Huge standing ovations. I feel pretty bad for DJ Fenner. He only played 25 minutes of the game and only and only got six points. He got a lot of foul trouble. He, he did. He had four fouls, and this just shows DJ's character. He's a humble. He's probably one of the most humble guys on this team. He doesn't need to go out on his final game like Kobe, dropping 60 on 50 shots. He He's just happy that his team got the win, and he got to cut down the nets in his final game at Waller. Um, this is something that not a lot of people can do in their final home game. I'm sure he's a little disappointed that he didn't get to play as much as he wanted to. He didn't get to put up the numbers that he wanted to, but looking at him in the press conference, he was all smiles, man. He... He was just happy that his team won, happy to be a part of it, and happy to go out on top. I mean, the season's not over for him, and he knows that. He made mention of that. You know, they just they got one one they have one accomplishment that they wanted for the year, and they have a couple more they still want to do. They got the Mountain West tournament, they got the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and DJ, honestly, DJ's this team is special, and DJ, DJ, and the rest of the other players recognize this, so. They crossed off one thing off their bucket list for this season. Now they're on to the next one, which is a Mountain West tournament victory. But I want to go back to talking about cutting down the nets. That was amazing, but the fans got to get in on it too. We all rushed the, the court right after the game. The final buzzer went, and the whole student section just funneled into the crowd. I've ne- I, I haven't seen in my time here in Nevada us, us get – that excited about anything in sports me neither yeah this is this is a new experience um this is yeah this is something we never saw with football uh as we know football yeah let's let's not talk about that it was rough and so basketball like i don't know um i wasn't there at the c uh the final cbi championship game i don't remember if they rushed the courts but to my reckon my recollection, I, they didn't. So this was this must be a special moment, not only for the students, but but for the players seeing their stu, seeing the the backbone of the energy in Waller storm the court in celebration. No one had more energy than Coach, Coach Musselman, though. Again, just like the CBI championship, he ripped his shirt off this time for a little bit longer than uh, Coach Coach Muss is a party animal. Coach Muss is a party animal, man. He took his shirt off. He was waving around. He put the new Mountain West Championship shirt on. He was hyped. Uh, he definitely deserves it, though. We were we were sitting in the press room with all the other uh, journalists and stuff. We we're talking about they're still celebrating. It was like forty five minutes of celebration. Yeah, and that's something Coach Must definitely made mention of. Like, how does it feel? Well, forty five minutes of celebrating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was a little bit excessive, but I think we definitely deserved it. Um, that Mountain West trophy was nice, though. It's pretty. It's pretty. Me and Garrett got to take a picture with it in the press conference. That your new profile picture, isn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, 
it it sure is it sure is one of the most beautiful uh, trophies. I know, I really like it. Uh, send, athletic, send us a replica, please. <laughs> send us a replica. I'll, just, I'll take a little like desk one. You know, just a little paperweight. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but postseason honors. Let's talk about that. So we got newcomer of the year was Marcus Marshall. Well deserved. Well deserved, definitely. He also was the only one from Nevada to get first team mentions. Uh, All Mountain West first team. Let's let's not also forget Marcus Marshall led the Mountain West in scoring this year with uh, nine with about like nineteen points a game. He had a uh, nineteen point seven points per game. Second team, uh, All Mountain West: Jordan Caroline, DJ Fenner, and Cam Oliver. All well deserved. Yeah, um, it was all well deserved. But when you think about it. Three out of the five uh, picks for the second team, all Mountain West, were Nevada. So you think about four out of the five Nevada starters got selections. The only one not being Lindsey Drew. But I think it's it, it, we got to give a lot of props to these guys. Four, they had four superstars that led this team to an impressive record, a Mountain West, a Mountain West regular season championship, and hopefully onto bigger things. One thing I'm disappointed in is the fact that Coach Musselman didn't win Coach of the Year. Yeah, you see, you see, Nevada, Nevada did finish with the best record, but playing devil's advocate, Colorado State's Larry Eustacey finished second, and uh, his team was only projected to finish seventh, and he took the team from seventh to second, which is very impressive. And you look at that team; we just mentioned Nevada's four key players; they only got two. They have uh, Omogbo and Clavel. But you look at it, Colorado State only has eight people like on their active roster. So it's kind of impressive to see what they did. And the, their expect, expectations weren't high. Compared to Nevada, they were, they were projected to finish second only behind San Diego State. So going from second to first, sure, it's, it's impressive. But not as impressive as going from seventh to second. It's all right. Coach Must doesn't even really care about these awards. He was like... He even said to Chris Murray, you know, you're gonna get you'll get an award, you'll put it in a birdcage, and you'll never see it again. It's not a big deal to him. He likes the memories, he likes bringing the fans out to Lawler, he likes creating legacies. That's what he's all about. Um, but you know, he's gonna have his chance. This is coming up to today is what he really cares about. The Mountain West tournament. It starts today, it goes to the eleventh. Uh, we get to skip to the first round and start in the quarterfinals against the winner of Utah State versus San Jose State. Um Garrett, who do you think is going to win that game? So, I don't, I don't know. See, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We got San Jose State, who we demolished twice, and we got Utah State. One, we demolished them at home, but the second time we played them, or the first, the first time we played them, we lost in in Logan. So, I don't know. See, I'm going to say Utah State wins this one. They have freshman of the year, Kobe McEwen, and I think he's going to lead this team. To victory. Yeah, I mean, San Jose State's a little near and dear to my heart growing up in San Jose, but I definitely have to say Utah's going to win that game. And then we're going to move on to Utah, and it's going to be a tough battle. We're going to have – we have a good amount of time to rest and prepare for that game, um, and they're going to be coming right off a, a game against San Jose State. They're going to be either – they're either going to be warmed up and ready to go or they're going to be tired to go uh, going against us. So that's going to be a, a good one. Um we are expected to win the Mountain West tournament. We're the number one seed. Um, our biggest threats, what do you think? Um, 
you gotta you gotta look at the number four seed Fresno. We haven't beaten them. They we they, we lost twice to them. Um, Colorado State. We just played them. Uh, they're a tough team. Really tough. Um, boy Boise. I I'd say any T in. I'd say Boise is a tough team, but that's not worried about. San Diego State is one of the teams I'm most I'm most worried about because they've been playing really well basketball of late. They beat us uh, in San Diego while we beat them here in in Reno. But when we played them in Reno, as we mentioned before on the show, they weren't healthy. They got um, the defensive player of the year. Uh, But looking at the bracket, it looks like the next game after Utah is going to be against Fresno. It's either Fresno or New Mexico. We We don't know. Because, one, we... Hand, we handled New Mexico here, but when we play New Mexico on the road, who can forget it? I mean, and it's going to be a neutral territory in Vegas. Uh, Nevada fans don't travel well. We're, it's not going to be a big turnout over there. Um, it, it's going to come down to no. they're not going to have the whole home home court advantage with the screaming student section. No, and no team sold is. Out we look at, we look at, we've watched a lot of these games, and you see – for the most part, most Man and West teams actually have good student sections. Boise, New Mexico, uh, San Diego State. These schools all have great amount, great student sections, and so they can't really rely on that, the energy. They're going to have to just play well. Nevada's uh, 4-0 in Vegas already. They had a tournament down, down in Vegas uh, around December, early December area. So we know how to win in Vegas. Um, yeah, we do. Playing against UNLV this uh, last week. Hoo-wee. How can we forget about that game? Um, and the tournament is in the Thomas and Mack Center where we did where UNLV does play. Well, let's move on to other news. Women's basketball, they started the Mountain West tournament. They went in 5-13 and 13 in conference as the 10th seed out of 11. Not a lot of hope for them. Uh, they lost in the first round to Fresno, 62-57 to after a failed attempt the second half comeback. Garrett, what do you think about that game? You know what? Uh, this It's pretty much how the season has gone for Nevada. They they get down early for ne- women's basketball. They get down early. They try to make a comeback. It doesn't work. And, yeah, that's, how, that's pretty much how their season has been. And their record shows it. Yeah, I'm, it's such a sad way for Jane Albright to go out. She's retiring after 33 years of coaching, nine of which is with Nevada. Uh, she's really well respected in the coaching, um, in the coaching realm. Nevada loves her. The players love her, and it's gonna be really sad to see her go. Yeah, she's been she's been all over the all over the country coaching. She was a grad assistant at Tennessee under one of the greatest uh, women's basketball coaches ever, Pat Summit. She's been head coach at Northern Illinois, Wisconsin, and Wichita State. She, um, as a as a college coach, uh, or as a while with Nevada, her record has been one fifteen and one sixty three. So it's so impressive for her to get that hundred and fifteen wins. But she she did have two two uh, NIT bids with uh, for the Wolfpack uh, coming in 0-9. To ten and ten eleven, where in two thousand and ten the team did go twenty two and eleven. So she's had some good runs, but it's really sad to see her go out on a five and thirteen uh, record. 
but wish her the best in whatever she has planned next for herself. Did you see her press conference with her nice hat? <laughs> I did see the press conference, yeah. She had a lot of good things to say. I mean, um, what she said about what she said about what sports means to her and things like that. That was that was cool. They do something for us that nothing else can do. They give us a chance to struggle, to find out who we are through struggles, through fun things like putting the ball in the basket or not. Or, but mostly they give us a chance to love one another. And Roy, thanks for hiring me. Carrie Groth, thanks for bringing me here. This has been a really special nine years. Maybe it will by far the most fun nine years of my life have been here in Nevada because of the people that are here. But let's talk about football. Football schedule came out. Uh, we got a couple tough games. Uh, Northwestern, Washington State. What are your predictions for next season? So I think the team's going to have a winning record. That's something I wouldn't I wouldn't think at the end of last season. But a couple games intrigue me. Uh, the Washington State game. The one reason is intrigues me is because we have beaten we beat Washington State in 2014 when they came here. But with Matt Mummy, our favorite our favorite coach's name, mm-hmm. um, air raid offense going against Mike Leach in his air raid style offense. The teams could put up like a hundred points, a thousand yards. This this teams both teams are going to throw the ball a lot. Like I won't be surprised if the quarterbacks' arms fall off after that game. It's all going to be all down to defense for those games. And looking at some other games, you got Boise, the return of Boise and Colorado State. Both those games are on the road. Boise is a very tough team to, very tough place to play. Um. You mentioned earlier the game against Northwestern. Northwestern is in the Big Ten. They are a Power Five school. Uh, they recruit heavily. This is a homecoming for James, for our boy James Butler, playing in Illinois. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. We when we came on Jr.'s Wolfton with us last semester. He talked about how much fun it is to go back home to Illinois and have all his friends and family come out and play the game. It's really like when he played for Notre Dame. He was saying that uh, it was a dream come true. And I think that. More of his friends and family will make the drive out to Evanston mm-hmm. and see the game. So that's one that's got to be a good mo- a good moment for James. But then it's it's nice to see that the UNLV game is is the last game of the season. We saw two years ago it wasn't. It was in the middle of October. I don't get it. And it's at home. It's back in Reno. We hope to keep the cannon blue. But other than that, the schedule isn't that. Doesn't look that bad. You got Toledo, Idaho State, Hawaii, Fresno. The the key conference games will be Colorado, Boise, and uh, San Diego State. Yeah, as long as the Norvell effect turns out to be positive, the players respond well to him and the new coaching staff. I expect a pretty good season. We're gonna have really really tough battles against Northwestern, Washington State, and Boise, um, and those are probably gonna be the games that really determine our season. But I, I, it seems like it's going to be a pretty fair Mountain West. I see personally. I see the team going eight, seven and five or eight and four. That's that's my prediction. I'm seven gonna I'm five. gonna I'm going I'm leaning towards um, eight and four. That's my that's my prediction. You know what? I I think I'm pretty close with you. I because I don't think they're going to beat Northwest. I don't think they're going to be Washington. As much as I want them to be Boise, if it's at Boise, they're not gonna do. They're not gonna win, um, and there's and there's gonna be one hiccup on the road. So I'm gonna say eight and four as well. 
you know what? It's it's better than three and nine. Definitely better than three and nine. Anything, pretty much anything other than two and ten and one and eleven and zero oh and twelve is better than three and nine. And it's not that bad of a schedule for first-time head coach Jay Norvell. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting one for uh, Wolfpack fans. I'm hoping we do really we do well in the beginning and we get uh, that fan engagement. It I will, hope it will be interesting to see how the team comes out on September 2nd with their first game um, at Northwestern. It will be interesting to see who indeed is the quarterback if we don't get an announcement beforehand. And it will be interesting to see how this offense works against Power 5 schools. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm I'm not too happy about is starting off away at Northwestern. Uh, it's not going to be a great way to start the season because we're not expected to win that game. We're really far underdogs. And um, it's just not going to be good for momentum. No, but you also you also don't know how the how the team – we don't know how Northwestern's gonna be. They're they're not like one of the, they're not like the Alabamas, the Oklahomas. They're not like one of the big schools in the in the these big conferences. They're one of the lower lower half uh, teams in the Big Ten. Last year they did make a bowl game. They won the Pinstripe Bowl. If you know what that is, no idea what the Pinstripe Bowl is. But there's a bunch of bowl games that no one really knows about. They went seven and six last year, um, so that's not that good of a record. It's not impressive. It's not thirteen and zero, and I mean compared to our three and nine. Well, anything compared to our record is amazing. <laughs> you can go four, four and eight, and still be way better. But honestly, I think that if the team practices with game intensity, they they could they could go into Evanston and shock uh, Northwestern. I have I have high hopes for our football team. I and I really hope they uh they keep up with the hype. At least the hype that's in my head. So star pitcher McKenna Eisenberg won Mountain West pitcher of the week this week. Uh she's been on fire. I mean, look at these stats. She's played ten, in 10 games so far, pitched 53.2 innings and her record is 7 and 2. Uh she has a 3.13 earned run average. And she has struck 71 batters. Yeah, that is really impressive, especially in those in those games that she's been in. Um, she's the star pitcher for this team. And you, you mentioned she won the uh, pitcher of the Mountain West Pitcher of the Week. This week, she appeared in three games. She pitched. She won all three games. And she pitched, um, she pitched in 15 innings and striking out 24 batters. And in those 15 innings, only and had an ERA of 1.4. During this week, Nevada did have a comeback victory against the 17th-ranked Utah Utes. And she came. She uh, Eisenberg came out of the bullpen, pitched four solid innings, and she got seven out of the 12 outs of the final outs by herself. And those were via strikeouts. This team is actually doing extremely well. I mean, in their first 18 games, they gone 12 and six. Uh, you mentioned that probably the most notable win is the, against number seventeen Utah. Um, yeah, the game that they came back from behind. Yeah, and the team is doing much better than baseball. Um, but the one thing that has been constant, other than McKenna, is their hitting. The team is average is hitting uh, three oh nine, which some professional ball players can't even hit. 
Like, it's impressive. So they get, for lay, putting that in layman's terms, three hits out of every 10 at-bats. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Um, Erica Hansen is batting three fifty three with two home runs and 15 RBI. With those, those 15 RBIs, she leads the team in that category. Uh, Aaliyah Gibson has 22 hits and is batting 373. They're pretty close to the margin, though. I mean, if their average is 309 then and they're batting 353 and, 353 and 373, they're, they're not, like, uh, super far outliers. No. So the rest of the team must be relatively close by that and pitching – um, a lot of consistently, the, a lot of the players that get a lot of hits and play a lot of time are around the 300, 300 marker. Sure, you got Amanda Nicholas who's batting four fifty five, but then you got some players who haven't gotten a hit in like in four at bats. So it, it's it's the rough it's the rough average of RBIs. But the one thing we've been seeing is Nevada. We they haven't entered Mountain West play yet, and so far they've been doing good. They haven't had a home game yet. Most of the, they're eleven and four on neutral sites. The Wolfpack have yet to enter enter Mountain West play, and they will do so uh, on the seventeenth of March as they ho- as they play San Jose State. But their first home game won't be until the tenth of March as they host Utah Valley and St. Mary's. Pretty much preseason right now. They haven't started Mountain West Conference, and they're doing really well. They're going to have the momentum to go into this regular season and do extremely well. Um, who do you think is going to be their biggest competition in the Mountain West? The Wolfpack's toughest competition will be Fresno, as they were predicted um, to finish first in the preseason poll. Um, then you got San Diego State, San Jose State at three, Utah State, and then Nevada at at fifth. And I think, but they're only, compared to the 12, 12 teams in basketball, there's only nine in the in softball. So I think Fresno, San Diego will be their toughest competitions. I'm, I'm hoping that they do really well. I mean, they're doing really well in this preseason bout. They have the potential and the momentum to go and do great things and maybe turn the Mountain West on its head. They could be the next Colorado State and come back from fifth seed and finish first. Yeah, but the late, the Bulldogs are tough. They've won two straight conference championships. So they are like the they're the front runners for this for this conference and this sport. And as much and it is much deserving. Like you you've won two straight years. You might as well be favored to win this year. Go go for that three peat back to back to back. Yeah, I mean you have such great success. You're going to be assumed to come out first. I mean, that's why we were put – our basketball team was put in second because we won CBI last year, and we have Coach Moss and Cam Oliver and a lot of talented young players. Currently, Nevada has the fourth-best record in the Mountain West with 12-6, uh, and six, as we mentioned. Utah State is first, so 12-4. and four. While Fresno, Fresno sixth with a record of 13-8. and eight. See, we might have a chance. And it all it honestly all comes down to um, Mountain West play. Every team every team in the Mountain West so far has a 500 or better record with New Mexico being last in, with a 9 and 9 record. Looks like we'll just have to wait and see 
And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. As always, a special thanks to the Joe Crowley Student Union, Wolfpack Radio, and the Reynolds School of Journalism for helping us to produce our show. Tune in next week, same time, same place, and go Wolfpack! Oh, my God.